Hello, and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, and with me today is my very special guest, Eliza Mata Dalian, author of In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. This book is the recipient of six book awards and the Living Now Best Book of the Year. Miss Dalian, after just completing reading your very honest and soul-searching journey, I wish to suggest to our listeners who would like to read a detailed description of the universal laws of energy and also a comprehensive and technical study of the energetic chakra system that they read your book. Reading this book will offer ways to explore awakening to their own inner strengths and help establish a guide to finding a healthier, more positive way to live, love, and create better interactions with others. Hello, Ms. Dalian. Uh, can you tell us the procedure used by you in a session with a client using the Dalian method? How you, um, how you I... begin a session and, and how you work through helping people to realize more about themselves and what it is that may be uh, causing inhibitions or a lack of their total uh, comfort in their body and freedom. Uh, the Dalian method is uh, it's it's a it's a kind of a method that comes at the at this time in our development because I feel the consciousness is ready to work with such a, an evolutionary method because it's both simple and very powerful and what it does even though I started. Um, obviously, um, I started developing it as I was working one-on-one -on -one with people and um, trying to explore. This is exactly what I'm actually writing in my second book now, which is ac actually about this method. And um, I've, I've developed it to a point where people can actually start using it for themselves as a self-help method. Um, so in the process of development, what I discovered is that people's bodies and energies are full of contradictory thought forms. And those thought forms are, are there because uh, of all their life experiences from this life and previous lifetimes. And all those thought forms have, have been created based on um, the experience that uh, we have, for example, every time we have an experience, especially when it's a traumatic experience, there is a belief that will form about the experience. And that belief is imprinted in the body. It's imprinted in the cellular memory. And what this method does, it goes into, uh, through the layers of the unconscious, to get to the root cause of where the initial experience and the initial belief was formed. And once it um, identifies that, then it starts releasing all those beliefs out of the body so that uh, once the energy is um, cleared, it, it's, it's almost like clouds that are covering the sun. And the mm -hmm. sun is within each person. The sun, the consciousness is within each person. We're, we're born with it. But 
the cloud of the belief, the ego mind, covers them all up. So with this method, it releases those layers that are like clouds from the energy, and once those layers are released, then there is a shift in consciousness that happens where a person suddenly realizes that this was actually an illusion that I was believing in. And with that, the, the actual belief gets erased from the body cellular memory. And the way the method works, it works with the whole body and basically from head to toe and works with the, the uh, four hemispheres of the brain Mm -hmm. and with the entire chakra system, and um, releasing, like I said, all those repressed thought forms, emotions, and beliefs through the entire body. So the transformation Lada, then... Do you believe this process is uh, similar to other energy healing work, body work, no. such as Reiki, no. reconnect, cranial sacral, polarity healing, or any none. of the other none. energy healing? None. None. Not like that. No, so it's absolutely. Actually, yeah. What do you do with a client when you work with them? Do they lie on a table? Do they sit in a chair? Do you? Well, do we're not working them? with the person directly. Yes. Normally, people who come to work with me are people who've done all sorts of therapies before, and they still feel there's a stuckness that they can't get through, mm -hmm. and. Um, and it could be that people also come with illnesses or, or pain, chronic pain and um, um, other ailments. So what I do first, I look into their energy to determine, you know, what what are the layers in the unconsciousness. That how, how do you see this? Do you see it as a hologram or do you see it as darkness in the chakra system? Um, well, I do organs? see I, I do see the 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 light and the dark areas in, in the body and energy, but the dark area simply indicates this is the unconscious area. Yeah. Whatever is in the light, it it's already in the light. It's conscious, and I don't need to worry about that. So uh, what I do then, I would look into the layers of that darkness. In other words, it's almost like. Um, I bring in a torch and I and I look into I, I walk into the dark room and and then I start seeing the furniture around mm -hmm. right and you so, see what's out then, of place but then there's so many layers you see mm. it's not just um, it's not just one layer that the unconscious is made of and not only that um, all these layers they're interconnected and then there is uh, and we need to look, I look through each layer till I get to the root cause, to where I see, okay, this particular problem that the person is bringing me has originated in uh, 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 in this place. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, an experience in, in a childhood, many mm -hmm. times we have, right? And sometimes it's experience from previous lifetime. Sometimes it's a pattern that runs through many lives. And that's why it becomes even harder to detect for people to, what is this? I've tried everything and I'm still feeling stuck. Because the pattern is has been repeated for three, four lifetimes. And it's harder to see and break through. So once I see that, then uh, I communicate that with, with um, the person and... Um, and then I actually um, 
put them on the table and I work with their body directly. But it doesn't have to be that way always because I also do this over the phone. So I don't always work uh, with people. So you're sensing you're you're sensing blockages in their thought processes or in their physical um, body that needs to release toxins? Not, or it's not really sensing, Cheryl. It's more like um, I read what's in the unconscious. It's like when you read a book. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what what uh, I'm able to re- read those beliefs and thought forms in their energy. Well, you see, I so, do something similar as a medium and Reiki practitioner. When I meditate and receive a great deal of information for the client, uh, many times I don't know everything involved, but when I mention it to them, they are able to discuss and see things in a different way so that they can go to a new perception and they can release pain, they can release fear, they can release sorrow, they can release experiences or people in their lives that no longer work for them. But I do the reading, which is connecting to higher consciousness and um and then the energy healing work, which puts their body in a deep state of relaxation. So is this similar to some of the work that you're doing? Um, not exactly. Uh, when I'm working with the person's body, I'm working with the thought forms in their energy directly. I don't... Um, I don't... Um, I don't need to do any, um, you know, I don't sort of try to um, feel it intuitively or try to uh, get in tune to what's happening for them. I just, I I, I read it. So I I read the energy. I see what's in the energy. It's it's sort of like... um, there's no guesswork involved. So, and and then with my method, I've discovered how to work with those thought forms and release them through the entire body. And for and the person to do the work, also, the person they has are doing the whole work. Right, they are doing doing, you're just you're just illuminating certain concepts that might be blocking them, so that they can then release it themselves. And uh, afterwards, I use a system of breathing. Yes. Uh, a system of breathing and expression and exhalation as I work through the entire body. Yes. And I work through contradictory thought forms. So in a way, I work directly with thought forms that are that are imprinted in the energy. And sometimes um, also what's very important is to see where the person is, uh, where, where it's a belief in the body and where it's awareness. Um, because I'm also able to detect or to read awareness. In other words, I know when consciousness happens, and um, I know when the shift happens, and and I know how to actually ground that shift so that the person can um, carry on without really needing a long time to remember what happened. So um, it's a process of... Um, because grounding is very important. Grounding of consciousness is very important. The, the shifts can happen, but if we don't know how to ground, 
then uh, it's almost like you you're sleeping you suddenly wake up from the sleep and you remember oh yeah I had this dream and then you go back to sleep and then when you wake up in the morning you don't remember what it is if you don't ground that well, consciousness I I think many people uh, are having flashes or moments of higher consciousness and being aware that they are more than their body but then the ego, it seems to be a battle bringing them back and forth to living a physical life and then going into this, their spiritual essence. And even for the most evolved people, having a physical life means that we do want to enjoy some of the growth and processes that we're entitled to have here. So I don't think we can be in that higher consciousness all the time, our hope is that as we become more enlightened, we stay in these uh, moments of bliss and happiness and joy and, and connection to ourself more and more and more, but we will never really, while we're in a physical body, completely conquer um, the ego. We may learn not to fear death. We may learn to know who we are, but in still remaining on the physical plane there will still be a shift back and forth into the life processes and then the soul or spiritual processes. But I want to go on to something else. In your in your book, I read that uh, you were taking your daughter years ago to a place called Beaver Lake for an ice skating experience, and something very interesting happened to you there. Can you tell us what happened that day? Do you remember? Oh, uh, uh, I do remember it. Experiences like that are impossible to forget. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I I um, I didn't know how to skate, and so I thought, okay, I'll learn I'll learn skating, and I um, obviously didn't know how to step into the skating rink. And the, uh, the moment I put my foot down on the uh, on the rink, I fell, and I fell. Um, on my cockings and it was such a strong fall that the pain was excruciating and it I, I felt the energy move through my spine went up into my head and I lost consciousness mm-hmm. and um, because simply the pain was so excruciating I couldn't have stayed in my body and um, I remember floating through the tunnel and very um, peaceful and very aware that I am. And uh, uh, even though I don't feel a body, uh, I'm in a very peaceful place. And uh, I was enjoying actually being in that tunnel. And uh, then I um, suddenly woke up because somebody was slapping my face. So you had an out-of-body or almost near-death experience. Uh, it was a near-death experience. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go to the to the light all the way, but um, but you sensed that dimension. You sensed it was that dimension, and yeah. also because my daughter was very young at the time. I remember even in that state, I had the awareness that um, I can't really go all the way. Mm-hmm. So That's so I, that I knew good. that. I, you had to write your book and do your work, so you had to stay. But, Mada, uh, many people are quite concerned with the Mayan prophecies about the year 2012, which is only four months away. And I want to tell you a little story because I want your reaction to this. Mm-hmm. Months ago, I was at a meditation group with international medium Robert Brown, 
and he asked us to ask a question while we were going to be in a deep meditation. And I was in a group of 12 worldwide gifted visionaries from many different places. And I, as a sensitive, can feel, uh, I did feel the combined strength of each of us escalate as we all were connected in oneness to each other and to higher energy around us. So my question during the meditation was, what will happen in 2012? And now I'm going to tell you what I felt because I need your input on this. I felt myself as one single atom or drop, and I was floating in an endless space of darkness or emptiness. And I knew it was me, free of the physical body, and though I have had out-of-body experiences before, at this particular moment, in response to the question I asked, I was frightened, and I willed myself back beyond the place of nothingness. Now, in your book, you suggest that we think of the ego as a balloon that's held within a rubbish shell, and as the balloon expands and grows, the rubbish shell becomes thinner and thinner, and the air inside is consciousness. And as the balloon grows even larger, eventually it will explode, and the air or bubble or drop of soul life will return into the atmosphere where it originally came from. And then you go on further to say, when the last thought and the ego's fear of completely dissolving into the vast unknown is surrendered, the mind will burst like a balloon and the now self-realized individual's consciousness will merge with the universal consciousness. So my question, Mott, is, do you think the impression I had while in meditation relates to your concept that I just described? And does this imply death of the individual or just discarding limiting beliefs? But that, uh, your experience is actually um, precisely what, it, what the, the process is like. And many people, as a matter of fact, come to experience what you just described in different forms and what happens is the the fear comes in uh, and the mind comes in and it and it stops the experience from completing itself and as you said you felt that nothingness but then you said the fear came in and you came back and um, well i didn't so, fear only for myself i felt that since i had asked what's coming in 2012 i personally believe we are going to reach a higher level of consciousness and and i think that that will come about by some uh major happening uh which i'm not quite sure and many people have different views on this but i believe when the ego is shattered people will be free of the limitations of their mind and completely aware of the possibilities of their internal soul energy. And that's what I would like to think. And well, that's let's what say, I, yeah. Yeah. And let me, let me actually, you raised a very important point here. And I'd like to sort of step back uh, a minute uh, with that. What's really important and, um, you know, including yourself to keep in mind that when this experience happens again, this is a very, very, very important and crucial moment. 
and this is what we're preparing or or many people are preparing and they need to remember this it's that's what called what the buddha called the right remembrance you need to remember in that moment to witness the fear and to witness the mind and to witness whatever is happening because only through the witness you can pass through the door of the the fear of the unknown and be able to surrender so that's a very um, precious experience what you had and if it happens again just remember to witness because in that moment and if you can keep that for 60 seconds just witnessing the fear and going through it this is how that massive you know transformation in consciousness globally can happen to for many people if they in that moment Keep that awareness. Well, I believe I had that experience, the way it happened, so we could just talk about it today so so many people will be able, when the time is right, be able to move to the next level of thinking and behaving and acting. And personally, Mata, I don't believe it's in the place or the people we live with that encourage or discourage the way we find ways to unfold and develop into higher consciousness. I believe we are all given whispers from loved ones in spirit to awaken and to stand in our own personal truths. But only some of us, no matter what the challenges, will find love, peace, and goodwill within ourselves and become the examples of what future human beings will exemplify. So you are one such individual, and I believe we will eventually all be the light and the divine essence of our soul nature, and we will be free of the restrictions and the fears of a physical life. I want to thank you very much, Mata Dalian. And it has been my pleasure to speak with you and share your journey and search for the truth of your own being, which is indeed what we all hope for, to know ourselves better. For more information on Eliza Mata Dalian and her book, In Search of the Miraculous, go to her website, www.healingintoconsciousness.com. In summarizing the episode, part two, Searching for Inner Healing and Divine Presence, Mata Dalian and I have offered ways to see how the search for love, happiness, and peace cannot be found outside in the environment or in the minds or actions of others, but must be an internal search to find out who we are from the inside of our own being. Healing into Consciousness includes both the search and the sudden moment of awakening to the truth that I am and always have been what I am searching for, that I have everything I need to be successful in this physical world and to have the best in relationships and the best that the materialistic world has to offer in conjunction with developing our inner soul world. Today we have discussed the seven stages of development through which the ego mind must pass in order to achieve liberation. And these stages are formation, strengthening, suffering, contemplation, introspection, healing, and transcendence. There are no shortcuts to spiritual enlightenment, self-realization, liberation, or union with the divine energy of the universe. 
For as evolving souls, we must continuously be given and seek out learning situations and experiences which will challenge us. And then, and only then, can we learn about the complex and dual nature of our soul and physical life. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within and author of Life is No Coincidence, and am now near to completing my new book, Whispers from Spirit Shift into Being After 2012. For more information on energy healing and to hear masters and leaders in the field of spirituality, science, medicine, and world events, go to my website, www.cherylglick.com.